I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Coogan Cassius. Where's your phone, Ed? I I had something to show you before we even started because it just absolutely blew my mind, this. Where is it? Mate, is that actually you? <laughs> can you show me? Can you? Can you just show people? That, oh my God. Eddie Hearn in six months' time with men's health. That is unbelievable. Can you just scroll? Can we scroll? Yeah, that one. Oh yeah, that's, that's the original. Bit chubby. Little, put on a bit is of stuff. Is that size. actually what you look like? Yeah. That's me. That, that's me. That's been edited. No, it's not. No, I know, but that one's even can been. You post that on. Um, can you go? Congratulations, Eddie Hearn, on your story, and then go to come in six months. Yeah, I like that. I'll do that. By the way, I'd love to look like that. Would you really? No, a bit muscly in it, but yeah, signed a deal with Men's Health, official columnist. You know. But that, the, the other one that's been edited a little bit. That hasn't been edited. Mate, I'm sitting right in front hey, of you. Just, you're joking. I did do about 80 press-ups before that. Um, no, you know what it is? I've had loads, loads of stick. I don't mind the stick about things like that because I think it's quite funny. But I like doing things that I would just never imagine doing. Like, I used to read Men's Health all the time. And if you would have said to me, one day you will be a Men's Health columnist, I would, like me and my mates, I mean, my mates have given me so much stick over that as it is. And the same like writing a book, I don't know if you, a number, uh, Sunday Times bestseller, doing a show in Guadalajara. Like, I just like doing things that you would never have thought possible. And being a men's health columnist is definitely something that I never thought possible. But I actually genuinely say I'm quite passionate about because it. it's, it's, you know, it's helped me a lot and it's, you know, I feel, feel great. Look unbelievable, obviously, but that's another thing. Yeah, I mean, you look that slightly edited picture. Not the big geezer, but the other one. The one that wasn't slightly edited. A little bit. It's, it's been photoshopped a little bit. Not, not in terms of, like, the chest and stuff like that, but no. Wait Okay, Dublin Fight Week. Yes. Finally, boxing returns back yeah. to Dublin this week. A huge show. But yeah, Did you, have you seen this video going around of Katie Taylor? Yeah, with a goal. Scoring a goal, she got sent off in the same game. That's been around for years, obviously. She used to play for Ireland. Um, I can't believe that we're actually going to Dublin this week. I mean, we'll head out, head out. 
Wednesday or Thursday. And I can't, like all the things that Katie Taylor's achieved in her career, this is probably the thing that should have happened at the start. And it happens, not at the end, but certainly in her absolute prime. And it's going to be wild. I mean, Dublin is a tremendous place. The atmosphere, great fight card. You've got Terry Harper against Cecilia Brackhouse. That could be a main event anywhere. Dennis Hogan against JJ Metcalf is an absolute war. Cully against Felix is going to be a great fight. Thomas Carty against Jay McFarlane is going to be a great tear-up. Keevan Ajarko back, so important for Irish boxing as well. Paddy Donovan, Maisie Rose in a great fight as well. But it's, it's a special, special week. It's right up there with, I think, one of the best atmospheres you're going to see. It's a great one to tick off the bucket list for everybody. And it's going to be an unbelievable fight. I mean, I think boxing needs this. You know, obviously you've got Haney Lommer as well in the early hours. But I feel, I feel like boxing fans are mental, aren't they? You know, like after the day after a show, there's always controversy, isn't there, about every show. But like the day after the show, or, or, or just after show, it's just wild, isn't it? People are arguing amongst themselves. And I love the passion that we have. But after, you know, a little bit of misfits at the weekend and after the controversy, the Roley against Barroso stoppage, I think good to fire back with, with two great fights at the weekend. And um, you know, I think boxing's in a good place because for all the controversy and all the madness, you're getting a lot of great fights. And I think that's important. So, I mean, after the kind of situation regarding Taylor and Serrano not happening, I think we as fans probably thought it was unrealistic when Chantil's na uh, Cameron's name came into this for this fight to happen in May, but obviously that was all done relatively quickly. But looking back at it now, not from a global interest point of view, which is I know what you're going to say, but do you not think this is the better fight anyway? I think it's the tougher fight. I mean, for, from a UK Ireland perspective, it's a bigger fight. From a, from a global perspective, we all know that Serrano won. We can't deny it was unbelievable. One of the best fights of all time. So the rematch is always going to be big. There's a lot of intrigue in this fight. And it's really interesting, the dynamic, because for years and years, people felt that Katie would avoid Chantel Cameron. And I knew she wouldn't, but I also knew that the fight would happen when Chantel was at her prime and had a lot to offer. And that's why I created the tournament for Chantel Cameron, really, to become undisputed at 140. I knew that if she became undisputed at 140, that Katie Taylor would take this fight and the team would take this fight and it would be big enough. Katie's never ducked a challenge. She's very confident about beating Chantel Cameron. I think it's a dangerous fight. I think Chantel is full of energy, full of belief. She's punches hard. She's got a great work rate. She's extremely tough. And I think it's going to be an absolute war on Saturday night. And it's a chance for Katie Taylor to become a two-time undisputed world champion, two-division undisputed world champion. And it's a chance for Chantel Cameron to walk in the greatness of, of, of boxing royalty and become almost a legend herself by going over there and winning. I think it's a, a brilliant fight. I don't know if this actually happened, but I think your dad just took £20 out of your drawer. He just keeps walking in, doesn't he? He's just like leaving things. Does he under. forget sometimes? Though? Yeah. He, uh, I've seen him eight times today. I think he just popped in and went, hello, son, didn't know you were in today. Um, I hope you don't see that. But. Big opportunity for Gary Cully this week to shine again, and he's looking so good, and another chance to, to see what Gary Cully's made of. Yeah, I think this guy is a future world champion at £135. I like the fight because Jose Felix is very tough, and Gary needs rounds. Like, he keeps going in there demolishing everywhere. Well, I, I don't think he demolishes Jose Felix. I think the fight goes late and maybe even to points. But, you know, we want him to be in a big, big fight probably in September. And this is a good fight to find out 
how ready he is for that. I think you're going to get good rounds, good action, and I think Gary Cully is an exceptional fighter. What is going on in the background? Um, that is someone out there strimming the hedge. Oh, yeah, I can see him. I can see him. Uh, yeah, big card. And it's good to see uh, Kevin Jargo back as well because a little bit stop-start in his career injuries, etc. but he's fully ready to go. Yeah, I mean, he was flying with us. You know, he came out, he boxed on three huge shows um, and was supposed to fight on the Katie Taylor card and got injured, did his hand, had to have surgery. It's been a really frustrating time for him because he was ready to go. So he's got a, a solid fight on Saturday um, and then ready to jump in, really, move him up the world rankings and try and... Bring, bring big big fights to Belfast, which is ultimately what he wants. Okay, a uh, lot going on. Is there, have you got a little time schedule of what's going on this week in terms yeah, of? So Wednesday is the uh, open workout. Um, there are so many people that want to attend everything. Unfortunately, we can't cater for everyone, so we're trying to make it as fair, make it as accessible as possible. Wednesday, open to the public. Thursday, the press conference, not open to the public. Friday, the weigh-in is open to the public, but again, a ballot for entry because we have so many people who want to get into the weigh-in. Um, and Saturday, fight day 5K, and then the big fight. So I'm um, going to be down the Black Forged Inn quite a bit with uh, hopefully Conor McGregor in town. So McGregor's just going to be loitering around all week. No, I don't know when he arrives. Um, he's, on, he's filming with the UFC, so hopefully he's coming in for the fight. We've got Ariel Hawani. Uh, it's going to be around all week doing content and working on a broadcast team on Saturday night. It's going to be amazing. We've got you know, all, a lot of our talent flying in to watch the fight as fans, really. And you know, Alicia Baumgartner will be there flying in, hopefully to announce her July fight once the winner as well. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a tremendous week. Okay, um, obviously the last time I spoke to you was last Wednesday after the whole purse bid situation or the non-purse bid situation. So yeah, having now seen the response from Ben Shalom, um, which I saw on Sky Sports, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, what did you make of his comments regarding that whole situation? I mean, look, I, I think everybody can see with their own eyes the whole thing's a mess. You know, it, none of it makes sense. You know, on one hand... Fraser Clark wasn't ready for that fight, but yet we made Fabio Wardley all these offers and he turned them down. So which one was it? Why did you make Fabio Wardley a load of offers? Just for banter? Or no, you wanted to make the fight. You made him a poor offer. He wanted to stay with the zone. He wanted to go through with a purse bid and you didn't want to lose the purse bid. And therefore you lost Fraser Clark the opportunity to earn a lot of money, to be in a fight that he really wanted, to be in one of the biggest fights in British boxing right now um, to fight at your call instead. So I feel for Fraser Clark. You know, at the same time, I think he's got a, you know, he, he, you've got to take control of your career at times and say, this isn't right. I'm not being treated in the correct fashion here. I mean, if he says contractually he wasn't allowed to take the fight, I don't know who did his contracts, but you've got to be very careful that you're putting a purse bid scenario in a fight you can't take. What happens if it's a European title or even a world heavyweight title? and you lose a purse bid if it's not with your broadcast, what, you're not allowed to take the fight? Don't be ridiculous. We did a purse bid for Dalton Smith. We lost the purse bid to Boxer. I was pretty gutted about that. It was great money. Congratulations, Dalton. Take the money. We believe you win the fight. Wins the fight, comes back and signs a new deal with us. No problem. But, you know, um, I, I think 
they've been absolutely rinsed on it all. There's, not, there's no point going on about it and keep you know, digging in the knife. It's, it's been embarrassing for everybody. And I'm sure they'll get over it and move on as you do. But sometimes you just, you know, you can't, you can't be out there saying, you know, all we want to do is give fighters opportunities and all we want to do is work with everybody to make boxing a better place. Don't, don't, don't tell Paul, you're not really. You want everyone to fight on your platform and you don't want to be in purse-bid scenarios where you might get outbid or you can't take the heat if you do. But like I said to you the other week, you know, I've going through the years, you see, you see little mistakes, and I've made mistakes before, so I can't criticise anyone from that. But it's just, I feel for Fraser because he looks really, really silly, and he's going to get a lot of stick in his fights moving forward. And I honestly believe he wanted the fight. You know, as as the story goes. You know, when he went in to talk about the fight and was told you're not allowed to take the fight, which I, f I still find baffling. He was gutted, you know, he was in tears. So, But I also don't understand, you know, how... It's very different. I, a lot of people feel like you're in my pocket. Sorry for the streaming out there. I don't know if people are going to moan about the audio. But when people say, oh, Coogan's in Eddie Hearn's pocket and Parsons is in Eddie Hearn's pocket, you still ask me 20 times tougher questions than other people get answered. And I get grilled from other people, whether it's Rob Tebbett, whether it's... And I saw an interview the other day with Boxing Social and, and Fraser Clark, and it was like, now, I know we, we, we're not really allowed to go into what happened, but why? Why can't you go into what happened? I mean, you ask me everything. I mean, I've been grilled for eight months, about 25 times a day. So, you know, you imagine if this was me in that scenario. It would just be never-ending. But, you know... Um, People say I'm in your pocket. Yeah. Do they? Fuck yeah, I must have missed that one. No, but you know, like you, 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 you grill me. You're not an asshole. Like, and at the end of the day, some things that you know, if it's a legal situation with confidence, I, I can talk about. I can't. But in a situation like that, I couldn't believe it. It's like, you know, and and I, I don't know. But it is what it is, mate. Like I said, you know, been around a long time now. This is a bit of news for now. Next week it won't be news. But I just, you can't, you know, you can't pull the wool over people's eyes. Okay, I do have a couple more questions. I know, okay, you maybe reluctantly didn't want to talk about it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Can you tell me or define to me the situation regarding management lobbying forward fighters for certain titles with the board? Like, how does that work exactly? Like, we saw an interview with Robert Smith where he said that someone from Fraser Clark seemed, I think, would put him forward or suggested him forward for that title. Is that that's accurate, yeah? Ro yeah. Robert well, Smith said that yeah. in an interview. So how does that actually work? Is that, so the, is that allowed as well? Yeah, of course. So the board is quite fragmented with respect to promoters and managers. They don't acknowledge promotional contracts they they acknowledge board managerial contracts so whilst you're a licensed promoter of someone generally their relationship will be a lot closer with the licensed manager of that fighter so in that instance 258 would be more than allowed to email the board and say as managers and representatives of Fraser Clark we would like to try and get him mandatory for Fabio Wardley now that would the conversation would have been in tandem with Fraser Clark and his training team. 
So they, they wouldn't have just randomly contacted the board and said, oh, they would have gone to Fraser, they would have gone to the trainer, they would have gone to the team, and I'm, if Boxer didn't know that 258 were lobbying the board, I would be absolutely astonished, right? And everyone would say, yeah, try and get us mandatory, yeah, try and get us mandatory. They did it, they were successful in that respect. It wasn't a secret. So then he became mandatory. That was a month before the purse bid. Like, if you didn't want the fight at that stage, why do you wait till the morning of the purse bid to pull him out? The answer is because you thought you could do a deal. And they offered Fabio this um, career highest payday, which was less than he received on in his last fight. And I've, I've seen stuff saying, well, we'll publish the offer then. Well, he said that if you ask him to, he will, he please said. Do. That's what please Ben said. said. Yeah, please publish the offer. And I will, I will show you what we paid Fabio Wardy for his last fight. So I published the offer. But anyway, it should be his highest payday of his career. He's five times bigger than any fight he's ever had. But more importantly, the offer that was made to Fabio was well below what we were going to bid in a purse bid. So why would you even consider that offer? Also, why would you make the offer if you're not going to take the fight because Fraser Clark's not ready? No one's even asked this question. Like, this is what baffles me. And I guess if you do an interview on Sky, they're not going to ask you that question. But the next question, you know, for, for when he, there are interviews is, if he wasn't ready for that fight, why did you make Fabio Wardley an offer, a career-high offer, for that fight? Let's be honest. The answer is, if he would have accepted the offer, you would have done the fight. You didn't do the fight because it didn't suit you and it didn't suit your broadcaster. Nothing to do with what suited the fighter. And that's a problem. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay. I think we can move on from this situation now, Edward. Good. Um, right, give us some updates on certain situations. Didn't speak to you last week about uh, what's happening with Connor Ben. Seems like we've been waiting a very long time for his fight to be announced. Can you tell us why that is, first of all? Uh, no, I mean, there is a chance he could box in June in America. We also have a show in July in America. There is a lot going on with the UCAD situation, which I think is good. And I think people are happy about that because that's um, the process that people wanted him to go through, which he's doing. Um, can't tell you too much other than had a call with him and the team on Friday. More calls this week and... Um, I don't want to, you know, you know that one of my concerns was how, how fair his hearing would be. And there is the thought process that by announcing another fight, 
you could ruffle some more feathers that might affect that that mindset. So we're just trying to get things moving as quickly as possible. Do you know if UCAD have finished going through the 270-page report? No, I don't know, no. But, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes there. So, um, but, you know, we, we want to try and go through a process without ruffling too many more feathers. Okay, so are you saying that you want to wait for Connor's situation with the board to be resolved or...? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It'd be nice. Yeah. But obviously, you know, you saw with the Amir Khan situation, that took 14 months. So, you know, some clarity on, on timing would be nice, but um, his lawyers are dealing with UCAD and there's nothing really other to report other than that that's, that's has to be a good thing. And you've always spoken about whatever fight Connor Ben come back to will be a huge fight. Mm -hmm. Well, so yeah, has that changed a little bit? That's, no, that's that's his uh, request. You know, I think myself, he's been through a lot. Myself and Tony Sim, I don't think we're against, not an easy fight, but a smaller fight to gain momentum. He's been out of the ring now for well over a year. Um, and it starts to become a problem, the inactivity, in terms of moving into a big fight. But ultimately the decision's on Connor and Tony. And uh, I'll speak to them about what they want to do. But at the moment, the mindset of Conor Ben is to jump straight back into a big fight. When I spoke to Chris Eubank a couple of weeks ago, he said it was his decision not to take that fight with Conor Ben when the talks were happening regarding that possible fight in the UAE. That's what happened, yeah? Um, I mean, there were lots of talks. I mean, the money was huge. There was still... Um, there were still things to sort for away from the fight contract in that fight. Um, we're still finalising the site fee, still finalising, obviously, Connor's regulatory position. Chris Eubank was all in on that fight. I mean, the, the money was so much more than the Liam Smith fight, but it's a, it's a nice look to say, no, I wasn't really. I wanted to get revenge over Liam Smith. Not really. He wanted to take the Connor Ben fight. The offer was huge, but unfortunately, we ran out of time. Okay. Right, let's talk about uh, the fatal four-way in Saudi. It's a good name for it, isn't it? Yeah, very good. Nothing really to report, in all honesty. I mean, you know, we have not yet received any formal offers on that fight. It's not a surprise, by the way. We've, we're still talking, and we expect that to be incoming this week. I have no idea who else they're talking to, but I believe everybody. What else are you going to ask me? Is he fighting in... August, yes, we'd like him to fight at the beginning of August, but we want to see how quickly we can resolve the AJ Wilder fight first. What else can I tell you? What else, gone? You got any other questions? All right, mate. Let me do my part, even though it's a bit, you know... What, what Simon Jordan say? Pillow-fisted questions. Yeah. So, how are we with... By the way, I did notice that when um, the Fabio Wardley-Fraser-Clark thing came out, no-one really talks about it on TalkSport. They're not? Not really. I think it was brought up, but not with any venom. Yeah, interesting, really. Dillian White and Nancy Joshua. Have you, you said you spoke to Dillian White last week, yeah, I think I it was. Yeah. There's been no formal offers for that fight. I mean, I think if AJ doesn't fight Deontay Wilder, he will, well, subject to agreeing a term with Dillian, I think that's 100% the fight that we would look to. If he does fight Deontay Wilder, I think there's a good chance he'll still take that fight anyway. I think it's a good fight. I think it's the right fight for both. Um, but the, the priority at the moment is to try and 
see if we can get the Wilder fight done. Otherwise, we're just going to make our move anyway. But hopefully this week, we'll, we'll know if that's realistic. What do, obviously, the guys in Saudi Arabia think about Dillian White and Anthony Joshua before oh, I think, I think a Wilder fight? Yeah, I think they would prefer for him to have no fight. But we have to do what's right for his career. Not development, because he's developed enough, but just, just momentum. And I think he's going to be a lot better in the Deontay Wilder fight if he has that fight first. So it's not like he's holding out for the money. He's going to do what he feels is best to prepare him, to improve him. And I feel like that would be one more fight under Derek James. And in regards to, I know this is not your situation, your concern is Anthony Joshua, but do you expect the other three to fight before December if this is I to think, come off? Oh, before December? Yeah. I don't know. We're getting lot, you know, we're in, we're in May. We're about to hit June. You know, people were talking about Tyson Fury boxing June 22nd. You know, people were talking about him fighting Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz apparently has priced himself out. Everyone's going to price themselves out, and therefore Tyson's not going to make a lot of money. And then before you know it, you're entering a training camp in September or August for your December fight. So it's not actually that far away. Um, I don't think Wilder will fight. I don't know. And... I, Usyk, you know, I, as I understand it, Usyk Dubois is not happening. So it's going to be interesting what happens around that whole WBA, what they do. You know, um, when Dubois says, I'm not actually ready for that fight, do they slot in another mandatory? Does it go straight to Filip Hergovich? I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting but I just care about AJ and I would like him and I think the team would like him to have that fight but again we need to see where we get to with a Wilder fight. What, what do you think about these projected figures that are flying around everywhere everyone seems to have an opinion on how much each fighter will be earning who's earning the most etc what do you think? I think that well from from our respect and others that I've seen I think they're a million miles away you, you, you can't say I've heard this there's been no offer and they're a million miles away. So, but that's what happens when there's a fight of this magnitude. Everyone you know, talks about the projected numbers. Sometimes they're right, but on that occasion, one, there's no truth in it, and two, they're a million miles away. You told me that this could be worth up to 400 million. You asked me a question. You went, I don't know, how much money is needed? I went, I don't know, $400 million. No, I said, what could those fighters' purses, what could they be up to? And you said 400 million. Yeah. Well, you pulled out, well, you pulled no, out and over and made it up. No, I told everyone that. <laughs> it was a lot closer than the ones you saw, yeah. Okay. Um, when do you want this, a deadline for this? No, not, I'm not asking for a deadline, but for yourself, well, just to know well, what's going forward. We want to move forward with AJ's fight. You know, if he's fighting beginning of August, again, we're coming up to June. So we want to get moving. So this week, we'd like to know where we stand, really, with regards to the December fight. But we can carry on those conversations about the December fight. It's not a deadline. I'm more worried about the fight at the beginning of August. So we'll have to just move forward regardless. Would it be in August, then? That's your target date yeah, here in the UK? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Okay. Have you booked anywhere? No. Maybe. Got some things held. We haven't booked anywhere. Interesting. Did you watch the Misfits show from the weekend then? Uh, I saw bits of it. Yeah. Um, I thought it was all right. I mean, it's just... The, the one thing I think is interesting is it's so farcical now 
and so far removed from boxing that that's a good thing. Do you understand? No one's trying to say this is boxing. No one's trying to say this is professional boxing. It's just pure entertainment. WWE, I mean, EastEnders, like whatever, I, I don't know. But the numbers are huge. It's great for DAZN. I don't see a problem with the younger generation watching boxing in any respect. Some of the fights weren't horrific, right? I mean, the two overweight gentlemen wasn't the best look that I've ever seen. But if you look at the stream, there's like 200,000 people watching the stream on the prelims. It's a mad world we live in. It's a bit like the slap league doing big numbers, you know? But um, I think it's quite slick. I like what they're doing. I think they've got some funky ideas. I think the production's great. What do you think? I think it's great. Did you it's going to anger everyone. Did you there? Yeah, I was there. I was there a week. Um, no, I think you're right. Because it's in its own lane now. Yeah. It's like when you started all this by combining, putting world champion boxers on the right. undercards of influencers. I can see why people were pissed off about that. Yeah. But in its own lane, yeah, maybe. it is what it is. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. It's just what lane you want to drive in, isn't it? Like, honestly... I know people just think that I'll do anything for a pound note. You know, fair point. But in a serious note, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So if, if the zone offered you to do what Calla does with him, no, you wouldn't do it? I, listen, I love what Calla's doing. I think Calla don't give a fuck. I, I love Calla for that. Do you know what I mean? He's a mate of mine. Like, he does not, he doesn't care what people think. He does, like, he's just involved. He's loving it. He's up there. He's got his chain on. Like, I love Calla. I just, it doesn't mean... I, I, and I, there's nothing wrong with him doing it at all. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't put those two geezers in the ring and promote that fight. That was under a different kind of banner to Mrs. I know, but it was under Happy Punch, I think it was. Oh. But it's entertainment. It's not, Kala's not, Kala's involved with an entertainment concept that's smart, it's clever, it's interacting with a younger audience. And good luck to him. I've never met Mams. I think, but but I like what they're doing, and I like the fact that they're just doing such outlandish stuff that it's like it's getting more and more farcical. Farcical, but it's just, and that's what they that's what they're all about. Fair play to them. Oh, it's doing good numbers for the zone. The 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 seats were full from the start of the show to the end of the show. Congratulations. Was it an elbow already? Of course it was an elbow. But I don't think it was intent. I don't think he really knows what he's doing. He's just, he's swinging the punch and he's like, it wasn't, he didn't, he didn't throw the elbow going, what I'm going to do is I'm going to elbow him. Yeah. I mean, Joe was gone. Even in the first round, he was gone. But he's had a result because he can say it was an elbow. It was, only, it was inevitable what was about to happen. But it was an elbow. So in that respect, yeah. But I mean, who cares? Like, what are you going to do? Um, call an inquiry, the commission. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think that is actually what's no, going to happen. No, no one cares. No one. Like, what, what do you want to do, a rematch? No one cares about the rematch. It is what it is. Look, it's, if you're involved with something like that, you've got to expect the madness that goes with it, you know? What did you think about the fight between Little Belzy and uh, Little Kimchi? I didn't see that one. I didn't see that one, honestly. That was the girl that threw the fish. It wasn't great, was it, though? Yeah, I saw the other female fight. It wasn't bad. That was Tennessee Trash and Pagey Cakes. Well, there you go. Two of my favourites. Um, but they were, they trained hard. They, I, they were better than some opponents 
I've seen over for female fighters. I didn't mind it. And who, who else was on? Um, but you were oh, Salt Pappy lost. Yeah. To Anthony what Taylor. What was he doing over three rounds? And Anthony Taylor. And but again, you know what I will say, right? Is that I've got to go in a minute. But fighters have to learn from these people in some respects, right? Everyone that I saw ring walk had energy, had personality, obviously had a profile and fan base, but just, do you understand? You can't, as a fighter, you can't, you know, hey, you come out, how you doing? Yeah, I've had a good camp, yeah. What's that? Yeah, Salt Pappy comes out. I mean, they're all coming out. Anti Taylor's got the dancers and, you know, and I'm thinking, this is so cringe, but this is, this is great. And that's what fighters have to understand as well. We don't want to be a laughing stock, but you have to interact. I mean, as unlikable as Ben Whitaker is, and you know, people stop me and say, I cannot stand that Ben Whitaker. Ugh. But you know him. You'll watch him. Doesn't mean you have to like him. But that's okay. I'm not I'm not asking you to be unlikable. I'm just asking you to have a personality and to showcase that and be an entertainer. And that's what those guys do well. But you weren't a fan of the Boogie 2988 versus Wings of Redemption. No. No. Because medically, I have a problem with that. And also, I like the fact that these guys who people, the younger generation look up to, are training hard, are taking the sport seriously, and I I hope that they can convey that message to the younger generation. To say, I love boxing, you should try it too. You should get fit. I've got fit, it's changed my life. And when I see that, no, that, that was not, that weren't good to watch. Okay. Just very quickly, Kasai and Tommy Fury, if that makes sense yeah, there? It's a good, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, it's hard to know what level KSI's at, but again, he deserves massive respect. He's got himself in great shape. He's training hard, he's in love with the sport. Big respect to him. Putting on great shows. Tommy Fury, I don't know, he had a life and death with Jake Paul. But KSI, Jake Paul, KSI, Tommy Fury, oh, great, massive fights. Good luck to him. But I'm just, you know, I have a passion for what I do and I'm trying to maintain that this traditional side, we can still create greatness to show people how great the sport is at elite level. And you'll see that on Saturday night. Just last one, the yeah, fault on Rowley and Barroso. Terrible. One of the worst stoppages I've ever seen. I mean, Barroso, is, you know, he gets a lot of stick that he looks 72. But he's still, you know, he's been around. I mean, Anthony Crawler knocked him out, what, six years ago? But he was winning the fight. He was on the way to winning the fight. A massive win. And he got absolutely robbed. I don't even know what a stoppage is about. But Thankfully, it won on your show. Otherwise, you would have got the blame for that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that stoppage was on my show? Eddie, you fucking corrupt. It doesn't else's show, apparently. You know, but anyway, there you go. Right, Eddie, thank you very much. Dublin this week. See you there. See you there. And then on to Manchester for Lee, Wood and Lara. Yeah. And then June 10th. All good yeah. for June 10th? Yeah. Uh, Sonny Edwards defending. Don't miss Manchester, uh, sorry, don't miss Manchester, uh, May 27th. Don't miss Dublin, May 20th. Thank you for all the support. I really appreciate it. Live on the zone. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.